Hey y'all, hooray hurrah once again. The Greg Proops Film Club convenes here at uh, Hollywood's most fantastic cinematic achievement, the Los Feliz Three Theater, located here in the hipster neighborhood of Los Feliz. Uh, this is where you applaud, hooray. Oh yeah. We try to join together and find some solace in cinema uh, and uh, try to ignore what's happening in the world until I start talking and I bring it back into sharp focus for all of us. Uh, this is our Thanksgiving, post-Thanksgiving version here. It's a very, very chilly, cold, awful, stormy night here in Los Angeles. Thank you for the three people who get irony. And uh, uh, I'm sure there's people here from the Midwest. Uh, my understanding is um, people from the Midwest actually live here amongst us. And... Uh, Welcome. Uh, uh, I know that you don't find this cold, but we do. And when the temperature drops below 68 degrees here in Los Angeles, the heaters have to go on. And I think you'll find it's because most actors and actresses have no blood in their bodies whatsoever. We are, are like the lizard people, and we take our warmth from the sun, and we give uh, birth to uh, um, children in eggs. And, of course, producers uh, aren't human at all, so that they have to have warmth. Uh, otherwise, they won't know uh, what humanity feels like when they try to simulate it each day at the office. <laughs> well, the strike is finally over, and so finally, finally, yeah. Finally, rich people can go back to work. It is so, <laughs> such a relief uh, to know uh, that, that uh, um, uh, you know, Wolverine 18 and uh, Justice League 54 can go back into production. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. Whoa, kittens, McDougal. <laughs> I'm supposed to elegantly open up the globe here and see what's inside. Ah, Vasa. And what, I believe this is vodka. But we've been doing this show for so long and at so many different theaters here in Los Angeles that <laughs> I think this is the same vodka from two theaters ago. Uh, and in any case, it's exciting to be back, able to work at least, the very idea of working. Was it the head of Netflix this week, Ted Sarandos, who actually said, by the way, the writers were right. It's so nice to know that they could destroy the economy of California and have 45,000 people go out of work and lose a couple of, what was it, $4.5 billion of income, and then actually say, well, guess what? They were right at the end. <laughs> Oh, God. I wish I had a rich foreign boss that I could answer to. Mm. So we're back here in Hollywood. By the way, what a sweet koozie they've put on this water bottle here. I don't know if they've Greeked it because you're not supposed to know the brand or that they just thought it would really add to my comfort level. But I really appreciate it, Daniel, and all the people working here. Uh, the Los Feliz Trace. Uh, I don't, it says just water. Thank God they've cleared that up. Um, I personally believe water should come in a plastic bottle um, because, thank you, then you can see what the contents are. I'm not a big a person who loves water to come in a, in a, in a beer can. That seems to be the, the new style where it has a weird Nazi logo on it. Uh, yeah, it's got that kind of German superior logo on it and then it's in a can and you're like, well, what's in it really? And they're like, water, don't worry. And you're like, wait, I'm, I feel a little flippy. Uh, I can't see what's in it. I think when water uh, naturally comes out of the earth, it goes directly into an Evian bottle, um, which are beautiful and blue and have a really sexy mountain design on them, and that's how you know. And you can use them over and over again. You can empty your water bottle and fill it up again with water or whatever you wish. For a lot of our people here tonight, vodka, so you can drink secretly during the show, uh, and I approve of that. Uh, with a can of water, once you've opened the can, the fucking party's over. And... Um, 
There's no filling it up again. You can, but it's disappointing and, uh, and hard to balance, frankly, when you're driving. Uh, this is our uh, post-Thanksgiving show. So we figured, uh, Jennifer, my wife, uh, is the curator of the Greg Proops Film Club. I am but the, the front person. Uh, my name is on it, and I'm the one who does all the spieling, as we say in Yiddish, and, uh, or discorsa, if you speak Spanish. And, uh, uh, but we thought, after Thanksgiving, what would really uh, say, let's celebrate the holidays here in the, the Los Angeles area, uh, and after spending time with your family, then a movie about um, the insanity of the East German secret police um, tapping everybody and, and doing surveillance on everyone and the insane paranoia and hatred and distrust that goes on uh, than the lives of others. Uh, we thought it reflected the family um, and what most people's ha uh, Thanksgiving experience is like. And so we, we want to welcome you. Uh, if you had to spend time with your family, cheers. Uh, I know that it can be fun for the first 10, 15 seconds and then you realize you're seeing them again, and that you've moved here, and that they live far, far away on the other side. And that's why you did that, so that you could experience what we call in California happiness. And that your parents could stay miserable in Vermont or Connecticut. From the looks of some of the guys in the middle there, I'd say Michigan. Just throwing it out here. I'm, I may be wrong, but I never fucking am. A lot of people have a real Michigan vibe going on tonight. And not a Michigas vibe, but a Michigan vibe, which is very different. And, and that's why we've all moved to California. We've all moved to Hollywood to labor under the illusion that fortune is going to favor us. And thank you. And, and make us famous and rich and stuff. And, and that's the, the, beauty, the beauty of California. It's a mythical place from a 16th century Spanish novel. And the conquistadors all carried a copy of that novel when they came here to commit genocide on the Indians. And that was part of their joy was that, you can laugh at any point, by the way, this is a comedy show. This isn't a fucking, you may have noticed I'm not giving a dissertation on film up here right away. So feel free to jump in and do some of the work. Or just sit there like the fucking lump that you are and rue the goddamn day that you came this time and make sure you come a half hour later next time to the Greg Proops Film Club so you can just watch the film and eat your jujubes in fucking peace. And I don't know if they sell jujubes here. I can't believe I said jujubes. I don't think anyone has sold them in a theater since 1987. <laughs> what were the other ones? Snow caps. Remember those? They were the little hard, unedible discs of chocolate that had weird confectioner white dots of candy on them that if you bit one down, they broke your teeth immediately. And then the white thing adhered to the filling. And if you tried to pull it out, your entire filling came out. And you spent the rest of the movie in agonizing pain. When I was little, they had a thing called Red Hots, and the Red Hots came in a box, and the box had a cellophane window on it. And immediately, we would load our mouths up with the Red Hots, fire them at the screen, and then the box became a trumpet. Because what the manufacturers of Red Hots didn't count on was children's ingenuity. And by the way, my name is Proops, so my childhood was smooth sailing. <laughs> The, the cellophane window on the box created a vibrating kind of kazoo effect, so you could go, Hah! and make this insane trumpeting noise, which children did through the entire movie. Which movie are you talking about? Well, my sister would often take me when I was little, because she's seven years older than me. And in those days, it was like Elvis Presley State Fair, and, and, and really awesome movies like that. Uh, uh, um, 
Sinbad, uh, Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, uh, where they kill this giant bird and they roast it. And um, someone says in the movie, one of the wise men says to Sinbad and his crew, why did you kill the bird? Uh, you have to do it in the, I don't know if anyone's ever seen a Sinbad movie, but they're awesome. Because there, there was a couple of rules in the Sinbad movies. The first one was no acting allowed. <laughs> Strictly prohibited, big sign on the set. Do not try to act or evoke any emotion other than awesome. There was only one emotion allowed, awesome. So they're in the boat and they kill the giant bird, the rock, the ROC, the rock bird. And one of the, the Greeks goes, why have you killed the bird? And the other one, and Sinbad says fantastically, hungry men do not ask, they take. And so I've tried to live by that creed my entire life. I do not ask, I take. And uh, it, it really works well here in Los Angeles where human feelings, uh, I think you can find the human feelings of Los Angeles during the holiday season by going to, into any parking lot here where there's shopping involved. And then you'll find that older people, uh, people who have uh, handicap stickers on their cars, people with handicap plates, um, the young, every, every age joins in in LA to try to kill you. Um, to cut you off, to take the space from in front of you, and then if you pull in in front of them and they have perceived that it's their space, they'll get out of the car and curse you out with so much profanity that the air turns purple around you. And this is the holiday season in Los Angeles. Uh, and that's what I think is the most exciting part uh, of living in LA, is knowing that during the holidays, in a place where Hollywood, and I'm sure you know this because you live here, people drive extra shitty to begin with. Because there are no, uh, here's what, the, the, what I understand that the, the driving laws of California consist of. Do as thou wilt. <laughs> and the subsequent subclause to that law in the California driving handbook when you go to take the test says below it, Ben-Hur rules. <laughs> so if anyone's ahead of you, you may drive them off the road and into the curb in your white Tahoe. Uh, if you see a Miata pass you and you're in a Tesla, you're allowed to explode them. People will try to pass you on the right here. People will turn right in front of you. And yesterday, I saw someone do a U-turn on Melrose in front of a policeman, and the policeman was so fucking bored, because this is LA, they were busy. Um, they were busy thinking about how much they hated the poor to chase down the offender. Thank you. If it wasn't for these five women over on the side here, I literally would have nothing going tonight. The guys from Michigan aren't going to give it up. They're going to maintain their whole thing. And then at the end, they're going to, I didn't think he was that funny. <laughs> so uh, the holiday season here is so beautiful. And that's why we've chosen the lives of others. Uh, and now if you've never been to Germany, uh, well, first of all, guten Abend, my neighbor. That means good evening, my loves. Uh, uh, Germany is uh, a country. Uh, formed out of a bunch of other little countries uh, in the 19th century. Uh, it was a place called Prussia, not to be confused with Russia, uh, because Prussia had an extra P on the front. And uh, uh, it's, it, I've been there many times to Germany. Why, Greg, why? Well, uh, I must have done something awful in a former life. Uh, no, it's a, it, the thing about Germany is uh, they're very intellectual, and they're quite intelligent, and... Um, they study, they speak lots of languages, they'll understand you, for instance, whereas your German might not be so good. My problem, of course, with Germany is that the way I look. I look so fucking German, you cannot believe it. I know you're looking at me now and going, I don't know anyone who looks like you. That's because you haven't been to Berlin. 
If you went to Berlin, you would see scads of people that look like me walking all over the goddamn place with glasses and a big doughy head and a mole on their face and curly fucking hair. That's what we look like. We're fucking German, okay? And, uh, and Jewish and German and Jewish, which goes together. Uh, like, well, for some of you, like bagels and cream cheese and for others of you, like hatred and the pain you feel inside. So... We're busy controlling the world with our horns and our tails, and we've been controlling the media for so long we've forgotten that we don't even really control the media anymore. Uh, we control the media so well that we let Orange 45 be elected president. That's how well the Jews control the media. And I've made myself hysterical. Uh, but a lot of people look like me in Germany. And why do you say this, Greg? Because I don't really want this. Um, I've always wanted to look like, um, a lot of you are film fans. Some of you are quite young, so I know you don't know fuck all about movies. But you're here anyway, so you've made a start. Look at you. Um, I want to look like Marcello Mastriani. Thank you. Marcello Mastriani was a great uh, uh, international star from Italy, uh, mostly famous in the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s. Um, his brother, by the way, was a cinematographer and looked exactly like him. As, by the way, I don't know if you knew this, Sean Connery has a brother that looks identical to him. Can you imagine? You're the only good-looking person from Edinburgh, Scotland. Ever. And you have a brother that looks just like you. That's, that's Sean Connery. Now, Marcello, there's lots of good-looking Italian people. His brother was a cinematographer and, and did a cinematography for a great deal of Italian filmmakers, Viscani and, and, and Fellini and whatnot. And awesomely, beyond awesome, uh, Marcello Mastroianni's mother liked the brother better. It, I, I love life. It's so full of rich twists and turns. Anyway, I want to look like Marcello Mastroianni, but I don't. I look like uh, Holly Hunter's second husband, who I think was a Czech cinematographer named like Pelfkinibnik or something. And he had curly hair and glasses and a doughy face and moles. And I could accept an award at a German film festival and no one would fucking blink. I could just storm the goddamn stage and be like, Haben Sie gesagt? Ivan, yes, Haben Sie Schatzi, how you doing? All right, good one. Nice, good night everybody, Gesagt. And people would be like, fucking, that was great. Who was he? And then someone would be like, oh, it's, you know, Herr Pupensleiben. And then they would be like, oh, of course. Um, I could not sneak into an Italian film festival. There, I would be like, oh, you're with um, financial affairs. Which is, I can sneak on any set in Los Angeles if I carry a briefcase. Fucking, I'm going to have to make you guys watch L.A. Law. So I've been to Germany, and uh, as I say, they're quite educated. They know a lot about their own history, something that America uh, I'm, uh, is really woefully inadequate on. Uh, this is not news to you. You're the intelligent people. That's why you're here. Um, I'm going to Florida tomorrow for four days uh, for an engagement to do the improvisational comedy in Florida with the Who's Line people. And I know what a lot of you are like, oh, improv. Why not, you know, prepare something funny? And... Thank you. I was making a joke about myself, but please remain quiet. So even self-deprecation doesn't work with you fuckers from Michigan, all right? One day I'll learn what works. So I'm going to Florida where, as you know, history's been banned and homosexuality's been banned uh, and, and anything having to do with the truth has been banned. And so 
uh, as Dana Gould, my good friend, the comedian, points out on social media, there's been a lot of uh, ads with Ron DeSantis in, in them, who's the governor of Florida currently, saying, hey, come on down to Florida. And you're like, why is the governor promoting Florida? Because they fucked Disney off so hard, and they fucked gay people off so hard, and they fucked book readers off so hard, and they fucked everyone off so hard, they're having trouble getting people to come to Florida. Even though other places in the world are freezing to death, and Florida's always like a swamp where alligators thrive. Dinosaurs live there, which is a really good reason never to ever make your dwelling there. But the people of Florida refuse to accept that fact, that the idea that giant saurians, the thunder lizards, can live in a place still um, amongst people. By the way, we never lived with dinosaurs, despite Raquel Welch's efforts to the, to the contrary and that awesome movie. Uh, one million years BC, where she wears the the fur, the fur kini and the the pampooties, um, the little fur pampooties. Uh, uh, but despite that, uh, we we did not live live amongst the dinosaurs. The dinosaurs died off before us, but remnants of the dinosaur species live amongst us, and almost all in Florida. And yet, the people in Florida get up in the morning. They're like, "Oh look, a hurricane's going to knock the whole place over. Oh shit, there's a dinosaur on our truck. Let's stay." <laughs> They're very poor decision makers. Uh, and so I'm going to Florida where history doesn't exist and you're not allowed to talk about bad things like the fact that we enslaved races from other countries, particularly black people brought them over here, made them build the entire fucking country and then pretended that never happened and were mean to them later. Uh, and then Justin Timberlake, as if that wasn't enough, uh, all of a sudden he's a hip hop star and shit. What the fuck's that about? I hear you cry. And then, of course, uh, the decimation of the Indians, which brings me to the next topic, uh, which is the, uh, the bandying about the word this week, uh, uh, when I speak of history, uh, uh, of genocide, right? Now, in, in Germany, they've covered over Hitler's bunker. You can't visit it anymore. It's not a shrine. White supremacists don't go there and hang swastikas on it. And it, it brings me to where we are in America, where during the last few years, they've started to pull down the Confederate statues that are in every goddamn city in the South. And I mean every city. Now, the South never lied to you. The South never said, come one, come all, everyone's welcome. So you can't really blame them for that. It's here in California where you're like, oh God, lock the door. Um, that we're a little more prejudiced than we'd like to admit that we are. However, having said that, there really oughtn't be statues to white supremacists everywhere in the goddamn place you go in the South. Uh, there's a big statue of Robert E. Lee or, 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 or uh, um, Stonewall Jackson or one of those um, inconceivable uh, demons. And yeah, well, that's part of our history. Absolutely. It is to be known, right? It is important to know history so that you don't repeat it, as they say. Also, uh, it's not important to worship white supremacists. Uh, for instance, who your parents are going to vote for in the next election, which they voted for in the election before, and all of your cousins too. You know what I'm talking about. You don't have to go so fucking quiet and be so coy. Oh, everybody, they, they attack the White House, and Biden isn't president, and COVID isn't real, and you shouldn't get vaccinated, and all those things that happen, and you're like, oh my God, how do my cousins have this much time? Because my cousins and your cousins believe that shit. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. And then now we reach the horseshoe, right? In Germany, they've admitted that they did wrong. They've apologized for it. They've covered over Hitler's grave. They don't let white supremacists meet there. They're aware of what fucking happened. Um, here we like to pretend that white people got some kind of raw deal. 
and that every other race in this country, including the gender of women, has had some sort of fucking free ride for the last 500 years on this continent, and that they should be weepingly grateful for the crumbs that are thrown to them um, from the Stephen Miller Shonda for the Goyam train. Thank you for the three people. And Dankeschön. And then you say Bidishin. And the I. Uh, the, uh, genocide is a very particular thing. And uh, uh, I think people like to bandy the word around without knowing a lot about it. Now, certainly, Germany uh, and America have committed genocide. Uh, and right now, there's a lot of argument about what's going on in the Middle East. Now, when we say the Middle East, you know what I mean. I mean the part of the Eastern Mediterranean that extends from the Mediterranean sort of to the, the, the uh, uh, I'd say about where the, the Tigris or so. Uh, although, as, we, as Gil Scott Heron, the brilliant philosopher and singer and uh, musician said, I remember when Egypt was in Africa and then we moved it to the Middle East. Thank you, that's a very funny joke, but you can cogitate on it later and then Google where Egypt is at your leisure on the way home in your fucking Tesla. <laughs> so, uh, uh, when I say the Middle East, I mean the Middle East. Now, uh, ever so briefly, uh, you'll find that there's one country in the Middle East that is a democracy, that has voting, and that lets people vote, and that has people from different religions in their parliament, which is called the Knesset. Um, there are Muslims who sit in the Knesset, and uh, homosexuality is not banned, and uh, people have certain things like rights and things like that. And when I say rights, I mean rights. Oh, what do you mean, Greg? Well, let's just put it this way. The terrorists who attacked on October 7th, Hamas, are backed by the Saudis, and are backed by the Iranians, and are backed by the Russians, and are backed by the Chinese. Now, I've been to Saudi Arabia, and I've performed in Saudi Arabia. And the one thing that all of the Americans that lived in Saudi Arabia wanted to take me to see in Saudi Arabia was the chopping block. So when you get going on who you think is bad and who you think is good, you may want to expand your moral horizons a little bit and, in fact, do something that we call reading. And you may want to read about the history of what's going on in the Middle East before you start to make a bunch of snap decisions based on shit that Cynthia Nixon tells you. <laughs> so I, now I've had my say, and I don't want to harsh your mellow to the end of time. But let me put it this way. Uh, Germany, more than any other country, knows how awesomely popular anti-Semitism can be when you really whip it up to a fever pitch. And uh, being semi-Semitic, uh, which as you know in Hollywood is no Semite at all, um, <laughs> it, it behooves us to open our hearts and our minds uh, to remember uh, how bad anti-Semitism can be. Do I decry? Uh, uh, brutality in all of its forms? Absolutely, I do. The people of Palestine deserve a state. That is the goal uh, of all of this, is to give the Palestinians their own state, which, by the way, if you'd read anything or knew anything, you'd know they've been offered time and time again and hasn't happened because of the leadership of their country that is often aligned with terrorists. So there, I've had my say. Now you can go home and write your blog about what a piece of shit right-winger I am. When actually I'm not. Um, 
I think you'll find that the people of Israel have been protesting Netanyahu for quite a while now because he's not popular there. And he's done a lot of illegal things and he's tried to stack the Supreme Court. You wouldn't know all this because you haven't read enough, but if you had read enough, you would know a lot of this. And so um, let's not just start blaming one group against another because as George Carlin once said, I haven't the time for that. It's too time consuming. I'm busy hitting one individual at a time. And let's keep that in our minds. So uh, on that happy note, no, I've got a couple more for you and then we're gonna go. Uh, having been to Germany, like I said, they're very, very lovely there. And we were there for the World Cup in 2006, which the Germans finished, I think, third in. And there was a, um, uh, uh, a cab driver that we took there and he was very happy to have us. And by the way, during the 2006 World Cup, the Germans, and I'm not kidding, were sort of ordered by their country to be friendly because there were tourists there from all over the world. And so they were told, like, be helpful for a change. Be nice. I don't know if you've ever been to Germany and ordered a meal, but it takes a while. Your getting the meal is not the primary thing on the server's mind. I received a postcard once from my server whilst waiting for my meal. Um, and, and so they were, and they, they showed us how to buy tickets at the tube and how to get into the stadium and all that. And they recycle the beer glasses. They're desperate about recycling in Germany. They really are. If your neighbors don't recycle in Germany, you can turn them in for not recycling, I swear to you. Whereas here, of course, people just do any old fucking thing. And uh, uh, the, at the stadium where the beer glasses came in with little plastic glasses like these, right? Uh, uh, they smelled like beer when you bought them because they'd recycled them and washed them and kept putting beer in them over and over again. So be careful what you wish for. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, we were told uh, 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 by this cab driver, there was a player on the German team named um, Schweinsteiger, who was a, an all-star on the German team for a long time. And he only quit playing, I think, one World Cup ago. Schweinsteiger in German means pig sticker. And, <laughs> His nickname was Schweiny. And the cab driver turned to us and went, who, know, who knew less English than I knew German, went, Schweinsteiger, his nickname is Schweiny. That means piggy. <laughs> and he must have said this to us 44 times on the cab ride. Every two seconds he would turn to my wife and I and go, it means piggy. And he was in hysterics over it. And we were too by the end of the ride. And once in an Austrian restaurant in New York um, at the Neue Gallery, where fantastically, it's the history of Austrian art, Gustav Klimt and, and Egan Schäler and all that, uh, 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 is nothing but Jews going there. And the people who work there are Austrian. And one time I said to them, would you get the soccer tort or would you get the apple strudel? And the Austrian waiter said to me, I would get the strudel because it is the superior dessert. <laughs> If you have a chance, uh, I would watch a couple of other movies to go with this one, Downfall, and another movie called The Bader Meinhof Complex, uh, which Martina Gedick, who is the lead actress in this picture, uh, is also in. And now I give you this fantastic classic about paranoia, surveillance, and most of all, and this is the most important part, love and connection. The Lives of Others by Florian Henkel von Donnersmark from 2006. Thanks, you guys.